This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And good afternoon, race fans. You are listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. And with this weather, they are definitely not open uh, today. They could have been open last Saturday where we had sunny skies and it was pushing 70 degrees, if not 70, but not today. And also like to thank our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers for their support of the show. It's a big show today. It is our annual Daytona 500 show. We'll be uh, talking mostly NASCAR today, as we do, and and we do that periodically throughout the uh, throughout the year. We do an Indy 500 show at the end of May, of course, and uh, but today it's Daytona. The as uh, Ken Ken Squire used to famously call it, the Great American Race. And joining me in studio today is Tony Dezina, who joined us last week. Thank you for joining us again, Tony. Yeah, Z-Man, and it's uh, stages. You know, we had uh, stage one last week was uh, sunny in 70s or yes. 50s, and stage two today is back to 20s in snow and uh, awful, typical February weather here. But yes. uh, happy to be here. And uh, I guess from the big show, Jeff Orlowski was coming in all nice and tanned. He was in Mexico last week. How, how, how did that work out for you? Oh, it was nice. It was nice. Uh, went down with uh, my wife and three kids, and then while I was down there, six of my friends came. So spent most of the week with the family, but got a couple days off to uh, party with the amigos. Now, I, I as as I'm one of these people, I've I've taken only like one vacation like that in 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 the last twenty some years. Now is the honeymoon, and and even that we worked in uh, the Daytona uh, qualifiers. <laughs> and that, and so I mean. But uh, so tell me, what does one do on a vacation like that other than just drink and chase kids, I guess? That was about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I offered to take the kids swimming with the dolphins. You know, there were tons of snorkeling. You know, there's tons of stuff to do. Uh, all the kids wanted to do was hang out in the pool, which was fine with me because the pool bar was right there mm-hmm. and you can't go wrong. So we didn't do a whole lot besides hang out at the pool. Now, d- does it have one of those swim up bars? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, do you actually have to swim up to the bar, or can you walk up to the bar? No, you can walk up. Okay. You know, the water was just over belly button height, so it okay. was nice. It was nice. Made it easy getting in and out of there. Now, is this one of these where everything's paid for already? Yeah, all inclusive. Oh, man. So it, it was fantastic. The only, you know, the only way they get you is, since you can't bring suntan lotion and stuff like that on the plane, they, they hit you real bad for that in the little shop. Ah. But besides that, you know, everything is... 
But with all inclusives, the food isn't all that good. And I've been to like, oh really? Yeah, like three of them now. And the, like Golden the, Corral type good? No, not not even that. Not even that good. Not, not even that good. Oh, I got to rethink this. It's rough, but it's cheap. It's cheap. So, you know, I guess you get what you pay for. I'm not a, a foodie per se, but I do. I mean, I'm a little bit persnickety. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a big thing. You know, usually rather, usually breakfast, you know, is safe anywhere, but the yeah. sausage didn't taste like normal sausage. So, you know, breakfast was toast and a uh-huh. huge mound of bacon. <laughs> well, the, Maybe, the bacon's not a bad thing. That's, yeah. that's fine. It was so. burl. It was burl sausage. That's why it tastes a little different. <laughs> mm. Could have been. It, of course, it is the Daytona 500 and the 59th annual Daytona 500. And then uh, we had qualifying on Sunday. Chase Elliott and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, are on the front row. And I guess that went against script, didn't it? We were supposed to have been Dale we, Earnhardt Jr. We were thinking about this last week. You know, the uh, the Daytona 500 pole sitter story tradition unlike any other here in recent years with Danica Patrick, Jeff mm-hmm. Gordon, uh, Chase Elliott last year. I, I believe there was a fourth one, Austin Dillon in there as well oh, with yeah, a three car coming back. So my money was on Daniel Suarez or Dale Earnhardt Jr. It made sense. and Which made sense. And then Dale Jr. goes out and he's second, you know, right at the end there. We think he's got it. We think he's got it. And then Chase Elliott puts one down. And he's probably apologizing for it because that's what Chase Elliott does. He's, you know, he's even as good as he is, he always find, thinks, oh, I could be better. Or, well, it wasn't me in this case. It was Alan Gustafson, his crew chief, who has now, go figure, won three straight Daytona 500 poles. And then uh, Thursday, of course, was the qualifiers, and we'll be talking more with w- about that with uh, Dennis Michelson coming up here after the break. But it, it's, I I don't know, just in a nutshell, I I just wasn't that thrilled about the qualifiers, even though I, if you listen to NASCAR radio on Sir, you know, Sirius and some of these other people, you know, they're all yeah, it was great. I just thought it was, eh. I I preferred the clash. I think with the, the clash, cla- was, I, I think the better. clash well, for two reasons. One, the clash being on a Sunday race makes it more considerable and more close to what the conditions will be on Sunday. Changing track conditions, the way the handling cars will fall off, what have you, that you can actually replicate that. Whereas at night, you know, it's darker. You're not. It, it's a cooler temperatures mm-hmm. out. It, there's not going to be the same carryover transition. We, you know, it, it seemed it, it seemed different this year because neither one of the the dual races I thought had much had much going for it. Whereas I thought the clash had a lot going for it in a, in a shorter, roughly shorter time. And, time and Jeff, I think you might agree with with this with. On this one, it seems like with the with the twin races, there's always one with a lot of wrecks, and then there's one that's k- kind of clean, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it was like that this time. You know, the the first race was for the most part fairly boring, and then uh, and then the second one, the the action heated up a little bit, but even that wasn't that exciting. No, it wasn't. Well, the, there was one the one bit of controversy though about the guy making the field uh, with Corey LaJoy and the Reed Sorensen yeah. thing, and that was that was a tough blow for for Reed and, and that team. And you know, for a guy like Corey LaJoy, very limited in actual Cup plate experience to see what he did trying to get in. I mean, that was that was that was deep. That was detailed. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. Well, and we'll certainly talk with uh, Dennis about that coming up here after the break. Uh, it's going to be a full show. We're gonna, after the break, we'll talk to uh, Dennis Michelson, and then uh, in, in the second half hour, we're going to have Sparky's take. Sparky's actually going to call into the show, and then we have a uh, fun thing we're going to do is Daytona 500 picks. I've kind of pulled a lot of the uh, personalities here at the station and got their picks instead of you know we 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 always do picks on the show, and like with a lot of shows and that, 
they, they, you, they're kind of lost after the show. But nobody really follows up. This one, we're going to document them, and we're, we'll, we'll put them on Twitter and the there's, Facebook there's page. There is paper. There so, is actual so, pen and paper so in the, the studio with numbers. The listeners out there can ridicule us uh, next week when we come in so so often. When somebody like uh, uh, Landon Castle wins. Watch Cole Witt pull it off. <laughs> Cole Witt has looked pretty strong in that car, Con- considering the, the, the money in, involved with that operation and that. He's looked pretty good for what he's for what he has there so i was happy with with his performance this week but it should be a fun show and then after we'll talk a little bit of uh, indycar silly season with tony on top of the hour and and then uh we're, we're gonna hold off on dennis and Lori until the final half hour of the show the pre-recorded bit that we do with them and it should be a lot of fun listening to that so uh, we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll have Dennis uh, Dennis Michelson, who's in Schaumburg, Illinois. We'll talk more about that from Race Talk Radio coming up here. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway, and along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. We're going to hold off on Dennis, because he is in Schaumburg, Illinois, in a big convention center, and he's on the opposite end of where he needs to be. So we're going to let him get over to the Great Lakes Dragway display, and we're going to talk to some of our friends there in a little bit. We'll talk to him after the bottom of the hour. Meanwhile, we're going to talk about <clears throat> a, a sad state, a, a death in the family. Yes, it's jayski.com. Born back in the mid-90s when the internet was in its infancy, and it was a place where NASCAR fans could gather and talk, and now it's been turned into a big corporate coffee shop where nobody knows you. It's just so sad. And I, I posted something on Dennis's uh, timeline, and he said, oh, come on, let up. It's not that bad. I, it, 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 here, here, here's, here's, here's my my opinion in a nutshell what happened it's jayski was a great site because it was the first one to come on the scene and gathered all the information you needed in one stop it was the walmart of the internet or the racing web pages at the time you know it wasn't fancy you didn't get your you know it wasn't meant to get your best suit there but it was great to pick up groceries and whatnot you can get in and out it was convenient and unfortunately, it's ESPN bought Jayski a few years ago. It might have even been more than a few years ago, but they kind of left it alone. And now they finally kind of taken it over, and I guess you could say streamline it, Tony, into the ESPN how the rest of their websites look. And it, it it's there's a lot of stuff happening in NASCAR and whatnot. But what was nice was you had a, a landing area, and then you could go into whatever room if you wanted to go look at the the Xfinity series or truck series or whatnot, you know, boom, you, it was easy to navigate. And unfortunately now it's not, uh, pretty much nailed it. I, I think there's, 
the history is, is an interesting point. And me coming out from, you know, starting starting the internet viewing really in, in the ni- mid to late 90s, you know, 96, 97, mm-hmm. 98, you remember there'd always be the paint schemes and they'd be posted on right. Jayski. And even for, for retro pieces, you'd go back in time, see what's on there. And, it you know, say if something hasn't happened, especially now with the, the retro paint schemes at the Southern 500 weekend, now you can look back and maybe teams are channeling things from the 90s. But anyway, one of the challenges with, and since my full-time work is in website work and in site design, Stuff has to be searchable. Stuff has to, and the website has to be uh, have easy navigation. And the second you integrate, the second you mess with that and make it harder for your readers and your audience to to find things, that that hurts and that affects things. And that's unfortunate, but it's also part of the overall corporate process that, in this case, comes with with this acquisition. So. Um, it, I think it's unfortunate. I hope it. I hope it doesn't lose the accessibility that that made it great. Because I, I would, you know, it's it, that's just it. You know, if you go for results, if you go for standings, if you go for owners' things, stuff that it, stuff that's easy to read, stuff that is easy to find, easy to navigate. That's what makes websites work. And I think if you lose that, you lose what makes it special. And, and I, I think one of and, and I, I understand why. And what they did and everything sure. else. I mean, uh, working with uh, John Wiedemann, who taught me a lot about website setups and whatnot with his group, the Devon Group and whatnot, the, the number one thing you want to do with a website is ease. Mm-hmm. And it makes sure it works. Nothing more frustrating clicking on things and it's not working. But there's a, there's a, there's a combination of it has to be the ease for the, the customer or the person taking a look at it. And it's what was nice about with Jayski is it almost fit on one page and you could almost navigate anywhere without moving that whole page. And now, yes, they have the scroll bar and whatnot and you have to scroll through all the pages and whatnot. And yes, I know we have short attention spans and everything and we don't like change and all that, but it was one of the things it was a, a quirky, constant. It was, yeah. As, it was as NASCAR has quirky. changed, the yeah. one thing that hasn't changed right. is the Jayski site layout. And, you know, with other websites that, you know, uh, you know, regardless of your political leanings and that, the Drudge Report is one of the the, the most successful because of its its, its ease. Well, uh, I'll give you an interesting story here. We we had in mid to late 2015, we had a corporate uh, site redesign on, on NBCSports.com. So all our pages now look the same. However, uh, when that change happened, Pro Football Talk went mm-hmm. against the grain on yep. that, and they kept the old format, which they still use to this day. Now it's it's pretty. You know, pro, pro Football Talk is easily right. one of our top trafficked websites, and I think a lot of the reason that is is because it's worked. Now, the, the challenge with desktop sites now is trying to make the desktop site yes. work while also optimizing for mobile, optimizing for apps. Um, that could be something that, you know, making JSKI better for mobile devices, that right. could be part of the, this move as part of the, the changeover. So, um, again, I understand why they did it. I think there's just it's just unfortunate when things aren't as easy to, to look through uh, because then you, you're forced to go elsewhere. Right. It's like for, for me, I always use racingreference.info for NASCAR stats or I'll go to Champ Car stats for like open wheel and IndyCar stats. And, and that's because it's simple and I just know, you know, bang, that's where, where he gets Exactly. Going. And that's, you know, it, it, it's kind of sad in a way, but I mean, you know, life moves on well, and one of the, we're going to live. Things... I mean, it's not that big of a deal in the, in, in the big scheme of things, but no, but I mean for, you know, NASCAR's own website is something that is 
evolves with the mm-hmm. changes and and as different partners come on board and monsters you know taking over that site design too it's just like you know make it easy to find the things you need to follow the race and with nascar you have to have, especially now you have to know the stages you have to know the point structure you have to know the entry list you have to know the results especially now because you've got so many team and uh manufacturer changes this off season there's a lot more to keep track of and so making sure you can easily find that is is key yeah, it's so the web guy rants. Yeah, yeah, it does. And you know, for those who are not aware of it, you know, uh, John Wiedemann, you know, started Racing Nation with an idea that I planted in his head to ruin his life and make it much more complicated than it needed to be. And it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. It still is. And you know, it, it's it's not easy to do. You know, and I got to give him credit. You know, Jayski, when he started, because that was like, I mean, this is back in, I mean, you still had the old portal dial-up. Yeah, and you it go, was. You go AOL right. and you'd 256K. Modems. I was a, I was a CompuServe guy. So, and I can tell, yeah, and I can tell you exactly when I came on, it was the day uh, Neil Bonnet was killed. Mm. That we, wow. uh, that I hooked up to the internet back in 94. And uh, it, it, it's, it's evolved, it, 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 it's. Life is information. It's it is t- truly changed how we've the 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 media and that and it it's going to continue to. But it's it's like it was nice having those little portals back to the old days and that. And well, that was certainly information it. gathering and organization online is is what what makes our industry work. And you know we we have our our competitors but we also want to make sure we have as much you know people visiting our own stuff that we're putting together because we're working hard on it we're trying to make it work and and when you when you go to some there are places that you can go where you just know stuff's going to work and so that's that's the thing now that Jayski will challenge after has that mm-hmm. excuse me have as a challenge going forward just making sure that they can keep that same level of uh, of usability otherwise that, that'll hurt it jeff I'm real quick. I I agree. If a website is too hard, and I'm not the most, sm- I'm not the smartest guy in the world when it comes to technology. If it's hard for me to find the information, I will move on quick. So you've got a very short window to get me to uh, to like your website and to keep me visiting your website, or I'll be gone. Well, that's why I try to write as good things as I can, so to make sure that we don't lose you. So it's <laughs> very important. <laughs> we can't lose the Jeffster. If you've lost Jeff, yeah. you've lost America. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the voice of the people. It's got to yeah. be easy. You know, there's nothing worse than, you know, like I was, you know, for example, I was down in Mexico and I was trying to find out who won the duel. Or I'm sorry, the clash. Right. Who won the clash. And uh, it was it was hard. It was hard. I, it took me probably 10, 15 minutes of sitting there searching to figure out who won it. Aren't you a Twitter guy? I am, but I I didn't follow. I wasn't following the right people at the time. Yeah, so it, it's it for that kind of stuff. I don't and I and I think you know people have always wondered. You know, a lot of people were dissing it when it came out because it it wasn't it isn't now what it was then when Twitter came out. Twitter Tw- was a Twitter's lot of- in in. Uh- We'll, we'll call it like it's awkward teenage years now, yeah. relatively speaking. I mean, it's, I think, about nine or ten since it first started, 06, 07, there, thereabouts. But uh, the Twitter now is such a different animal than the Twitter of even two or three years ago. I mean, I feel like there's Twitter pre-Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Twitter post-Dale Earnhardt Jr. Mm-hmm. And there's been a change in the whole 
viewing habits, following habits, and posting habits that have that have happened since then that have happened and and just affected so many areas. It's whenever anything happens for breaking news, that's the first place I go mm-hmm. is Twitter. Yep, same. And 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 it's whether it's 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 in the, in the sports arena or even national news. Yeah. Whether it's something that happened, uh, you know, I don't care, a plane crash, something bad, something good, whatever it is, I, I always go to Twitter and follow because not only with the, you know, people say, well, hashtags don't work. Well, hashtags to, do work if you're looking for something specific. And if if you're, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, put it this way, we're going we're gonna to have it where the most of our traffic that comes to, to our website comes from social media. It comes from stuff that's posted on Facebook or posted on Twitter because we'll immediately post the results page or we'll post the feature story or the article for whatever just happened. You know, it's like, hey, there was this crazy truck race last night. Where do we want to get more on it? We don't directly type in whatever the long URL is. You're just going to see our NASCAR, you know, Twitter posted it, NASCAR Talk NBC, and you click on there and boom, there it is. So that's that's how you're finding people. Whereas whereas JSKI was a destination site, social media has now changed the destination for where you go to get, to pick up the content. Especially for your hardcore fans, the example is uh, we'll talk to Eddie Lapine. I should have mentioned earlier at, at, in the one o'clock hour. He was down at Sebring for the test, and when he posts photos in that, I said, Eddie, you got to post photos of the test because that that gets big hits. Mm-hmm. People love that stuff, yep. and I'm sure you, and your site too. Absolutely. You know anything that that something. That's kind of off the radar, so to speak. But your heart, the, the hardcore fans or whatever sport it is, love it. You know, like uh, like, like the hardcore NFL fans when stuff's happening at the combine, they're going to be looking at that stuff because they are your hard your, that that ten percent of your fan base that's hardcore that consumes everything. They're the ones that they're going to eat that stuff up. And the same thing in racing. Football, baseball, spring training, something, or if there's an injury, somebody gets hurt in spring training or something, mm-hmm. boom. I mean, people are, that's where they go. Okay, what's going on? Let's see. Who, okay, this guy's down there. We, you know, they all know who's down there, who their favorite guys are in that particular sport. Yeah. I've only been on Twitter less than two years, I think, now. Yep, so same. I'm still trying to learn who the good follows well, are and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's true here yeah. with especially with the with the sports flashes and whatnot. That's where, you know, I mean, I remember we'd had we'd have stuff here with Sparky and Rami in the early days here when stuff was breaking on the sports page and we you know, according to Twitter or this, that or, you know, so and so at this place, you know, this you know, so and so's out might be out for the season or whatever it is. It we it was a big tool for us to use. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna take a little earlier break here. We're gonna just before the end of the hour here, and uh, we'll do a sports flash coming up here. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Dennis Michelson uh, after the sports flash and our break. And then on the top of the hour, we'll talk to Eddie. Well, just before that, I should say we got Sparky for his Sparky's take. And then after the top of the hour, we'll talk to Eddie Lapine. And then the bottom of the second hour, we'll be hearing from Dennis again and Lori Monroe, and we'll finish up with some more NASCAR talk. So you're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. And we'll be hearing the latest from them coming up here after the break with Dennis, who's down in Schaumburg. And we'll also our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee area and Apple Auto Care Centers. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from the Race and Performance Expo in Schaumburg, Illinois, it's our friend from Race Talk Radio, Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Oh, it is great to be here, Steve. And I've got to tell you, we're having such a fun time out here at the Race and Performance Expo. And, you know, it might be Saturday, Saturday, but I'm at the place with a Sunday, Sunday famous because I'm hanging out with the folks from the Great Lakes Dragaway. How cool is that? And uh, i got to tell you, folks, this is getting me fired up for some great Great Lakes drag racing action. And uh, I, I got a feeling that their track is going to be open. To, it's probably already been open with the great weather that we're having. But, uh, you know, if you want to have a good time, you got to head out to Great Lakes. Yeah, that certainly is. And they, they always are doing something new. We'll be talking to the guys there in just a moment. But I'm kind of kind of curious to see what, what big projects they were working on uh, for this year there. But Always a lot of a lot of a lot of great weekends up there. Of course, my favorite are the the two throwback weekends on Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend, and hopefully, I'll be out there for those. And uh, it was quite the exciting night last night at the Daytona International Speedway with uh, Kaz Grala, who is uh, as I joked with Tony last night, could be the new Tail Fobbies. <laughs> that is the best name in racing, and. Such a young kid, but man, this—he's a wheel man. Uh, this kid uh, just was fantastic in the K and N series uh, over the last couple of years, and just 18 years old. The future is bright for Mister Casgrala. And if you can't get behind a driver with a name like Casgrala, <laughs> who can you cheer for? Right? It's just going to be something else. But what a what an amazing amount of carnage. You know, I can imagine people are watching this race. And if you're selling parts and pieces to the, the Camping World Truck Series team, you had to just be salivating because they didn't wait until the end of lap two to have the big one. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of craziness. And, uh, you know, I, I think we've got a new stunt driver if they ever bring back the old uh, Joey Chitwood uh, thrill shows, because uh, Mr. Uh, you know, Crafton did such a wonderful job of pirouetting through the air and landing on a fellow car. Last time I saw something that poetic was out at Soldier Field watching the old Joey Chitwood stunt cars in action. So what an amazing start to this season it has been for the NASCAR folks. You usually hear me whining. The clash, eh, wasn't too excited about that. But the qualifying race is on Thursday, and now the truck series race on Friday. Woo-hoo, baby. I got to tell you, NASCAR's off to a good start this year. Yeah, it was uh, quite the exciting race. And, uh, you know, the and we, we've been saying this for years, that usually out of the three races between the, the truck series, the Xfinity series, and the 500, that uh, – you know, depending on your point of view, that, that, that truck race is usually the best race of the weekend, isn't it, uh, Dennis? Yeah, it can often be that case. And what it also does is create more show trucks uh, for the series for uh, for the future because there weren't a lot of those trucks 
um, that that uh, uh, that didn't finish the race that you'll be seeing again. Uh, disposable trucks. What a concept. Dennis, it was interesting as I was as I was watching, and and we're on lap two. And the first crash happening that early already takes, you know, six to eight trucks out of the race. It starts the five-minute clock. We get our first round of DNFs. And before you know it, we're already at the end of the first stage, almost there, which there's another crash right on the stage lap. You know, it was interesting. I was all concerned the stages would, would kind of take away from it. But in a weird way, it's – I don't – I hate I, – honestly, I did not like the stages when they were announced. But after last night, um, I was not as – I was not as scorned with them as I thought I would be because Johnny Sauter, who had a great run, won both stages, was actually not compromised by being caught up in the last lap crash. Did, did you think that kind of worked, if not necessarily as intended, maybe better than you expected? I'm not sure yet. Um, when it comes to the whole stages thing of races, I'm not really a fire on that yet. Why don't we just get back to enjoying great racing and not worry about who's going to win a championship until we get down to the last three laps or three uh, races of the season? I just, this is the problem that I see with NASCAR is they're making it all about winning the championship and all about the championship battle instead of what for years that we got which was worrying about having a great race 36 times a year. Um, so I'm not really a buyer on the stage thing yet, but as I said to uh, to somebody else this week here out at the race and performance expo and they asked me about it, I said, you know what, the worst thing, the only bad, you know, there, there's nothing bad that can happen out of this, and the upside is, maybe it will give us more competitive rights. Dennis, I got a very important uh, subject we need to talk about. And, uh, of course, I'm talking about the monster Victory Lane girls and their outfits. I, you know, as we, as we, as this controversy, if you want to call it, broke in that, after a day or two, I'm, I'm almost thinking that may, perhaps maybe we were duped. Do you think this might have been a little bit artificially inflamed a bit? I don't know. You know, what were we expecting? Were we expecting the Monster Energy girls to be uh, in, you know, outfits that you see the nuns wearing at church? I mean, well, what I mean, were we expecting? Yeah, I, I don't understand what the controversy is, especially when we went through the early 90s with the Hooter girls, and then prior to that, the Union 76 race stoppers who were at you know events uh, up here at Milwaukee and of course all the NASCAR you know all the NASCAR tracks and Linda Vaughn and missed uh, Hearst girl and all of that stuff. I mean, I I don't know like that. That's why I'm thinking it was almost seems like it was almost artificially inflamed up or it, people kind of ran with it to help push the monster name. But yeah, I I I, I didn't think it was inappropriate at all. I mean, I can certainly. I, I could certainly design a more inappropriate dress for them. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you a funny bit. Uh, 
it was the the outfits changed from the clash on Sunday to the duels on Thursday because we went from full full attire to bare midriff by Thursday. So it was almost like Monster took the news and right. started trolling, almost like, "Hey, if you're gonna make a story out of this, we're gonna try to we're gonna troll a little harder on this." I I don't know. I mean. It, that's that's the brand. I mean, unless Monster changes what the brand, exactly. what they want their brand identity to be, and what they're, you know. And I saw Jamie Little, who's you know very well respected, you know, Fox uh, pit reporter. She said she's been in the Supercross world. She knows mm-hmm. this is what worked for them, and this is what they do. And yeah, it'll take some getting used to, but um, that's that's what the brand is. So until they change what they want to present, I think this this is where we're at. I don't really see the controversy in it. Well, I want to know how many of the people that were at the race and were offended by this non-family-friendly atmosphere then went after the race on Thursday night to the wing stop in Daytona <laughs> Beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, folks. <laughs> right. You, know, you see worse attire in the summer from the fans or even more so in the pit area from the pit lizards at yeah. any racetrack across the country. You know, the the great thing is you had beautiful women in attractive outfits. Oh, my. That's so horrible. It's been going on since the Winston girls showing cleavage. And the Sprint girls didn't wear, uh, you know, tight racing uniforms. Those tight racing uniforms were so tight, you would never see anybody actually racing in something that tight. So, come on, folks. They're, They're just... They're beautiful ladies, and this is the brand, and you're stuck with it for the next year or two. That's what it is. I don't know, Dennis. I go to the wing house for the wings and the beer. I don't know about you, so... (laughs) Oh, I, I, I get a takeout order because I don't, you know, don't want to be offensive. So, but no, it, it's it's just crazy, folks. You, you just you're gonna see trashier outfits if you walk through the infield at Talladega, and you're most likely to see somebody trying to get some beads, and that doesn't involve you know family friendly stuff either, if you know what I mean. All right, Dennis, it's time for a break. When we come back, uh, we're ta- actually, I should say, we're talking with Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio, who is in Schaumburg, Illinois, for the uh, race convention down there. Uh, and when we come back, we'll be talking to our friends at Great Lakes Dragway. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the aforementioned Great Lakes Dragway, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Centers. And we'll be going live to the Race and Performance Expo in Schaumburg, Illinois, where Dennis Michelson has Randy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway on. Welcome to the show, Randy. Hello. How are you? I'm doing excellent. How are things down at the booth down there? We're very, very busy. A lot of people coming by and getting schedules. Uh, it's really uh, nice to see all of our friends that we see all summer long and then miss them over to Christmas and holidays. And now it's almost springtime, and we're, we're coming out of the woodwork, ready to go drag racing. Excellent. 
you know, one, uh, we were talking off the air, too. Uh, one of the neat things at Great Lakes Dragway is you guys are always improving the facility there. And uh, for fans that come in uh, this spring, what's what's the one thing they're going to notice uh, this year at Great Lakes? Well, the one thing they're going to notice as racers is that we replaced the burnout boxes in both lanes because they've gotten pretty pretty rutted. And so we cut out a space that's uh, approximately uh, – 10 feet wide and 30 feet long, ripped out all the concrete that was about 12 inches thick and replaced it all because it's been so warm this winter. We didn't have any frost over there, so we were able to do that. Now, you guys are, of course, as all of us are, slaves to the weather in, in here. What, what What's the earliest do you think the Great Lakes could open up uh, with, with this weather? Because it's been unusually warm with the exception of, of course, uh, you know, today and that in the last couple of days. But is is could we see you guys opening up in the next uh, few weeks? Well, we're scheduled to open up on March 31st. And uh, then we'll be open six days a week after that, all the way till October 31st. If the weather was in the 50s or better, we'd open up as much as two weeks earlier than that, which is meeting around the 15th, the Ides of March. <laughs> I like that. And then uh, what, what's some of the special events that are coming up this year? Well, we've got uh, Memorial Day, Labor Day, and uh, the 4th of July, which is really on the 1st of July for us. That's Saturday where we're going to have a lot of jets this year. We have a lot of nitro cars, a lot of funny cars. It's going to be a really nice, spectacular show for people that like to see that kind of stuff. Drag Week, which we had two years ago, is also coming back in September. It's Thursday, September 14th. That's an event where 300 cars approximately travel from drag strip to drag strip for a solid week. They have to make a pass at every drag strip. And then through a process of elimination and fast passes, they figure out who is the fastest drag who is the fastest street-worthy race car? So you have to make it to from track to track, driving, not on trailers, and then you have to race at all of these tracks, and then the winner is the one that can uh, do the best and make it to all of the tracks. That's an excellent event. You see 300 of the neatest-looking cars that are street-driven and uh, race on our track it's during the week. you got to get there at 7 o'clock in the morning because they start rolling in at 7, and that's Five o'clock in the afternoon, they've all rolled out to go to the next track. And last year, I mean, that was a huge, huge event. There was a lot of people there, wasn't there? Yeah, at at nine at ten o'clock in the morning, we had forty five hundred people in the stadium. <laughs> wow, it awesome! And it seems like you know what. When, when you look at some of the iconic photos in, in his history at Great Lakes Dragway, you know, it's one thing I always notice is like, you know, Doug Rose and the jet cars and that. And it seems like jet cars have, has always had a special place in a Great Lakes Dragway dating back to Broadway Bob and that. Uh, what, what's some of the, the, the jet cars that, that kind of stick out to you that have raced there in the past? Well, the Green Mamba raced there and uh, several other cars like that. But we've got a good group of cars that are racing there now mm -hmm. we have uh we have tough enough to jet funny car we have 50 calibers as a dragster we got danny sullivan that has two jet dragsters and on labor day and memorial day we probably will have six to eight jets and on our jet show in uh on the first of of uh first of july which is uh, our fourth of july we'll probably have a dozen jet cars and we're one of the, the premier track in the Midwest for having a lot of jet cars, and one of the reasons is a lot of people are close to Great Lakes Dragway that own jets. 
<laughs> and uh, we're talking to, with uh, Randy Henney of Great Lakes Dragway. And, of course, uh, the 2017 season passes are available now in the Great Lakes Dragway online store. Make sure you get to greatlakesdragway.com for that. Uh, Randy, anything else we should know about Great Lakes coming up this year? Well, what you should know is that it's a lot of fun to be there. Any day you want to come out, there's something going on six days a week. And the most fun is driving your own car down the train. And uh, it costs 35 bucks on yep. Tuesday through Friday to come there and race your own car, drive it. I say drive your own car because you don't have to race. Mm-hmm. You just have to drive. You have to drive at least as uh, safely as to get there. But uh, the car won't get damaged if you don't uh, act totally crazy. And you can have a lot of fun and be able to race down the exact same track that people like Shirley Muldowney and Don Garlis and John Forrest have raced down there. And it's just plain fun, and you get to meet a lot of nice people, and you race a few people that you know and see who is the fastest guy in your group. Back uh, back in the late 90s, or late 80s, I was able to do that with my 1984 Mercury Capri RS. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> There's no car that's too slow to go, and I always tell people, drive down the racetrack as slow as you can go the first time, yeah. and I dare you to not go faster and faster and faster the successive times you go down there. It certainly is. once, and you'll be hooked. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate it, Randy. I just need to talk to Dennis real quick for something. Okay, I'll hand him over to you. All right, thanks, Randy. That's Randy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway, and, of course, make sure you get to greatlakesdragway.com to get your 2017 season passes and just a lot of neat stuff on the on the webpage that's updated daily. Dennis Michelson. Oh, it is so much fun up there. I, I got to tell you, the food is great. The atmosphere is great. And all you have to do at Great Lakes Dragway to make a new friend is to look at somebody's car that is sitting back there in mm-hmm. the garage area and just say, man, that's a cool ride. And you will have somebody telling you the life story of that car and you will be best buddies with them for the rest of the day. I got to tell you, there is no better place to spend a beautiful afternoon than at the Great Lakes Dragway on into the night. You're going to have a good time every time you go. Just up there in Union Grub, Wisconsin. Get away from the rat race of the week and enjoy some great racing. Or, like Randy said, get out there and do it yourself. And uh, if you're in the area, make sure to get down to the Race and Performance Expo in Schaumburg, Illinois. It's a, it's a neat event to get down there, a lot of displays. And, of course, what are some of the, the displays other than Great Lakes that, that you've seen down there, Dennis? Oh, my goodness. Uh, over by uh, our 1900 aisle, I'm over in 1914 with the National Speedway Directory. The dirt oval at Route 66 is out there. Uh, they're going to be uh, having dirt races again on the little oval. A uh, lot of fun to see those folks. I got to see my neighbors uh, from Sycamore, Illinois, the folks at Autometer. Nobody does more for the drag racing world and all kinds of circle track racing. And the folks at Autometer, got to love them. You could stop by and see out all their cool gadgets that they have at Autometer as well. But everybody, the who's who of racing is here. So you got to come out. It's uh, the beautiful Schomburg Convention Center and, uh, Check them out, Racing Performance Expo, and uh, you know, get over here and enjoy some uh, some great times before the all of the fun races at Daytona this weekend. So you can come out here tomorrow morning, talk racing with all your friends, and then get home in time to watch the green flag fly for the Daytona 500. Stop by over at the uh, 
at the National Speedway Directory booth and uh, say hi to me as well. Because, you know, you got to keep me awake around here because uh, there's just so much going on at the Racing Performance Expo. It's a good time. I saw a uh, five-foot mohawk walk by a little earlier. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you just never know what you're going to find out here. But uh, some old-time drag racers signing some autographs and, you know, just a lot of good folks out here uh, talking racing and talking race parts and different racetracks from around the uh, the area out here as well. I saw the folks from uh, Grundy County uh, Speedway, one of my favorite little tracks down there in Morris, Illinois. So, uh Come on down. Schaumburg, Illinois, a short drive for you to head on down from Milwaukee, and uh, uh, we'll have a good old time. Of course, we're talking with Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio who's down at the Race and Performance Expo in Schaumburg. Dennis, I need your Daytona 500 pick. We're doing a little uh, thing here. We're going to post all of our choices here, and I just uh, texted Lori Monroe to get her winner. Of course, we'll be hearing from you two at the bottom of the hour here at one thirty. Uh, so who's who's your pick for the Daytona 500? Well, I'm going to pick me a good old racer. I'm going to pick that Dale Earnhardt Jr. feller to win Junior. the Daytona 500 because it, it's Daytona, so i got to pick an Earnhardt. Very good. Well, you know, there, there's another one. You could uh, We could put you down for Jeffrey. And uh, when it's all on the line, he is not going to let anybody pass him on the last lap. So I, I like my chances with Dale Earnhardt Jr. I was so impressed with how he has come back, knocked all the rust off on Thursday, and that old boy is ready to rock. Very good. Uh, I need you to stay on the line, so do not hang up when we take a break here for you, Dennis, okay? Sounds good. Excellent. You've been listening to Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio, and it's time for a sports flash coming up here with Jeff Orlowski in just a moment. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by, of course, the aforementioned legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 